Hi, and welcome to the Hormonal Mama podcast, episode seven. I am your host, Kara Drescher. Today, we are talking fertility, misconceptions, truths, and everything in between. Hopefully, you will walk away with a lot of information, maybe some you already knew, some you didn't know before, and hopefully it will help you on your journey or on the journey of loved ones that you can support them on. So sit back, relax, and let's dive in. So let's dive in here one at a time. It's a fairly long list. And of course, there's probably a lot more on the list that I'm forgetting about today. But these are things I'm going to focus on. Um, And as always, please feel free to send me a message. You can email me. Kara at thehormonalmama.com, or you can send in a voice message. If there's anything that I don't cover today or anything you would like me to elaborate on or anything you'd like to elaborate on, I would love to hear from you. So let's dive in. Let's start by dispelling the myth that infertility is the same as sterility. So this is false. When I first started dealing with infertility, I I didn't know that these two things were different, but what I'm here to tell you is that they are different. So let's talk definitions. Definition of infertility is the inability to conceive after 12 months or six months for anyone who is 35 years of age and older. So that's 12 months or six months of unprotected, well-timed sex. The definition of sterility is an inability to conceive due to various reasons such as vasectomy, hysterectomy, certain chromosomal disorders, and so on. So you can see there's a big difference there. Infertility is a specific time frame. You couldn't conceive within this time frame, and then you seek out help from a doctor, whereas sterility flat out is an inability to conceive though there are reasons for this. So usually with infertility, you don't know what the reason is. You just know it's been a certain amount of time, you haven't been able to conceive, and you see a doctor. Now you may find out that it's not just infertility, that you are dealing with sterility. However, you won't know the answer until you seek out professional assistance. Whereas sterility is a very defined diagnosis. This is what's going on you are unable to conceive. So hopefully you kind of get an idea of the difference between these two things. Next on my list, infertility is uncommon. This is as false as false gets. Infertility is a lot more common than people realize. Statistically speaking, one in eight couples are affected by infertility. So this is a much larger number than most people are aware of. I didn't know this before I dealt with infertility. I had no idea. I really believed that infertility didn't affect many people, that there was a very small community of people dealing with infertility. So when I was diagnosed with infertility, I felt very alone. I did not know that there were millions of other people dealing with this crazy, heartbreaking experience. So I think it's important to understand one in eight couples, that is a lot. That That's a lot more people than you may be aware of. 
again, this is just a statistic, so that doesn't mean that you know eight couples and one of them is definitely dealing with infertility. It's just generally speaking, when you break down the, the statistics and the percentages, the average, I guess you could say, is that one in eight couples deals with infertility. So again, this is a much larger number of people than you may have thought before. So next on our list, and this is one that anyone who is dealing with infertility, will this will resonate with you. It's the myth that infertility is easy to solve if you just relax and stop worrying about it. This is as false as false gets. So while there is some, you know, bit of correlation between um, relaxation and conception, it is not to say that stress causes infertility. It doesn't. That is a fact. That is a medical fact. Stress does not cause infertility, period. However, infertility does cause stress. And I would like to just add tremendous amounts of stress. So it's important there to understand the difference. Your stress level is not going to cause your infertility. So if you're dealing with infertility and your friends and family are saying, if you just relax, it will happen that is not going to help. As you know, if you're dealing with infertility and someone has said this before to you, you probably wanted to rip your hair out. It is not the solution. Relaxation is not going to miraculously cure the infertility and suddenly, hey, look, I'm all relaxed. Everything is great. And I conceived. Now, granted, that can happen just like anything in life can happen, but it is not going to be the solution. It is not the cure for infertility. A lot of people think it is. And I understand why saying to someone you love, if you just relax, just calm down, you feel like you're helping, but I'm here to tell you you're not. So if you've said that to someone you love who's dealing with infertility, I encourage you to rethink that. (laughs) Or if you've thought about saying that, rethink it don't say that to someone dealing with infertility because unbeknownst to you, they probably won't tell you, it makes it worse. It makes it a lot harder because we feel like we've been relaxed and then all of a sudden here we are dealing with this big thing called infertility and we don't know what to do to solve it and everyone's telling us, oh, just relax and everything will be great. That just makes us more stressed. So to recap... Stress does not cause infertility, but infertility does cause stress. So make sure if you have said to someone, just relax and it'll happen, don't feel bad. You didn't know. It's okay. Just don't say that again. (laughs) Don't say it to someone who's dealing with infertility because it will likely upset them, make them feel more stressed. And it's just a big no-no in the infertility community. Just don't, just don't say it. That simple. So next up on our list, infertility is caused by an issue with the woman only. False. This is not, this is a myth. It is not true. Infertility affects men and women equally. 
Okay, so statistically speaking, about one third of infertility cases are due to an issue with the woman, while another third are due to an issue with the man, and the remaining third of all infertility cases are due to a combination of issues with the man and the woman or unknown causes, also known as unexplained infertility. So, I I hear and well, I read and I see and I hear often that, oh, infertility is specific to women. It's not at all. It is an equal issue among men and women. It's not one or the other. Women are the cause. Men are the cause. No. In a third of the cases, it is because of an issue with the woman. And in a third of the cases, it is an issue with the man. And in another third of cases, it's a combination or unexplained infertility. So keep that in your mind. This is not, you know, a a gender specific problem. Infertility can affect anyone of any sex. It's just the way it is. So that is a big myth that I like to dispel to make sure that people understand this is not just a woman's issue. This is an everyone issue. Next on our list, there is no resolution for unexplained infertility. Absolutely false. Let's talk for a minute about unexplained infertility. So unexplained infertility is exactly what it sounds like. It is infertility that does not have a reason that is obvious, right? So you go to the doctor or the reproductive endocrinologist, which is a fertility specialist. You go see them. They do all these tests. They go through, you know, weeks or months of testing blood tests. They look at your uterus. They look at your sperm. They look at everything and there is no obvious reason that you shouldn't be conceiving, okay? That is unexplained infertility. It is infertility that is unexplained. It's that simple. Now, that being said, I can understand why you might look at that and say, well, if there's no reason for it, how can there be a treatment or a solution for it? Well, That is where fertility treatments come into play, right? There are all these different fertility treatments and doctors will often look at the bigger picture. They don't just look at that specific diagnosis of unexplained infertility. They're also looking at your blood work. They're looking at all these different factors to determine, okay, we don't know what's causing this, but what treatment has been shown to help people who don't fit into a specific category like PCOS or endometriosis or other issues, right? So even though there's no specific treatment that solves it like blocked tubes, well, the solution is to either find a way to unblock the tubes, which can be done in some cases, but not all. That's another conversation. But the solution is to try this to unblock the tubes or remove a tube, whereas unexplained infertility, we don't have a solution because we don't know what the cause is. That's not what's happening. What's happening is we don't have a specific solution, but we have all these options to pull from. So let's try different things and see if one of these things works. That's what I personally dealt with. In my situation, we were dealing with unexplained infertility, so we tried different things. We tried different combinations of medications. We tried various IUIs, intrauterine insemination. That's what IUI means, if you're not sure. We went through IVF. It just was a variety of things to try. 
that is the solution or resolution for unexplained infertility. Okay, so keep in mind that while there's no clear answer when we're dealing with unexplained infertility, that doesn't mean that there's no resolution. So next on our list, infertility only affects older women. This is false. I just want to dive right into this one. I can understand why someone might think that infertility would only affect older women because let's look at the facts, okay? Infertility is more common in older women. That is a fact because that's just nature. Let me break down a quick biology lesson for you, okay? So women are born with a set of amount, I'm sorry, with a set amount of eggs in their ovaries, unlike men who produce sperm throughout their life, women will not produce any new eggs in their lifetime, okay? So they are born with the amount of eggs that they're ever going to have. They're never going to create more eggs. But throughout their lifetime, their eggs deteriorate. Throughout each menstrual cycle, they're going to release one or a few eggs and they're not going back into the ovaries. You release them and that's the end of it. The remaining eggs over time may deteriorate. They may develop abnormal chromosomes and or other issues. So it makes sense that over time, fertility is going to decline because of these eggs, right? Which are kind of, if you look at it, the main factor in fertility. There are many other factors, don't get me wrong, but I'm just talking specifically about eggs right now. And so women, as we age, the number of eggs are going to decrease. The quality and the number are going to decrease. So yes, it is more common in older women to deal with infertility. However, that doesn't mean that only older women deal with infertility. I've seen many women ages 18, 21, 25 deal with infertility because there are other factors. Endometriosis, PCOS, blocked tubes, other types of illnesses that may have done damage to their reproductive system. It's important to understand that infertility can affect anyone of any age. This is not just an age-specific issue, okay? So very often people believe that infertility is only going to affect older women, and that's just not true. And that makes it a lot harder for younger women who are dealing with infertility to understand that they could be dealing with it. That doesn't mean that there's, you know, that they're older than they are or, or something like that. However, I do want to point out that there are issues that are more specific in older women, but the specific issue can affect younger women. So I talked a minute ago about how egg quality and quantity decrease with age. That's a general, a generalization, if you will. That is what happens. However, younger women can also deal with a decrease in quality or quantity of their eggs. That's important. Just because it is more common or, you know, biologically, this is what should happen, just like anything in life, it doesn't necessarily mean it's the only thing that happens. So younger women can absolutely deal with infertility. It is not terribly uncommon either. So keep that in mind. That's why I think it's important to talk about that myth. Next on our list, infertility only affects those who have no ch children. 
false. So there are two general categories when we're talking about infertility, and then each of those categories are broken down further. The two main categories, primary infertility and secondary infertility. Primary infertility is defined as an inability to conceive after one year or six months in women over the age of 35 of unprotected sex, right? I talked about that earlier. That is our primary definition of infertility. But when we break down these categories, that's the definition for primary infertility. Secondary infertility is defined as the inability to become pregnant or to carry a pregnancy successfully after previous success in delivering a child. I mention this because when I was dealing with infertility, I had no idea that secondary infertility was something that happened. And I understand it. I have friends who have dealt with secondary infertility and it is devastating. It is a completely different experience than primary infertility, which is just as devastating. The issue that I see a lot, I belong to a lot of support groups for women dealing with infertility um, because when I was going through infertility, I was feeling so alone. I joined all these groups, mostly Facebook groups, and they're just wonderful. But I saw a lot of women butting heads, right? I'm dealing with primary infertility. I have it worse. I'm dealing with secondary infertility. I have it worse. Neither is worse than the other. They are just vastly different situations. Now, of course, you have to keep in mind that when you're dealing with a group of women who are going through infertility, you're dealing with extreme stress and extreme ups and downs with hormones, okay? That's important to understand here. That's why there's a lot of drama in these groups, which I understand. But I mention that because when I was dealing with infertility, I had no idea that secondary infertility was something. So I assumed, well, I don't know what secondary infertility is. This person had a child before. How can they possibly be upset? It's very, very, very complicated. I can't relate to it. I will never be able to relate to it because I'm not having any more kids. But I want to just mention it because people don't always realize that this is something that occurs. And it does. It happens to a lot of women. So infertility can affect anyone not just people who have never conceived before. Neither situation is worse than the other. They are both terribly heartbreaking and upsetting. Next on the list, infertility means you can't conceive. This is false, right? I kind of talked in the beginning about the difference between infertility and sterility. Infertility is the um, inability to conceive after 12 or six months whereas sterility is an inability to conceive. Okay, so the definition of infertility does not equate the definition of sterility. I say this because I didn't know this. I had no idea. I heard infertility and I automatically assumed infertility means you can't conceive, period, the end, have a nice day. That's not true. Infertility does not always mean you can't conceive, though in some cases that will be your diagnosis, right? So every case is different and it depends very much on the circumstances. However, thanks to advancements in science and the development of various fertility treatment options, 
many people who are unable to conceive naturally are now able to conceive with intervention. There are situations, however, where intervention does not result in pregnancy. That's important to understand. So while infertility does not mean you can't conceive, it's just a category to explain what's going on with you, sometimes your diagnosis will end up being sterility and you cannot conceive. So every situation is different. Every circumstance is different. Every fertility treatment is different. It is all going to be different with different results. I hope that makes some sense. And the last thing I want to add to this list of myths about infertility is infertility makes you less than. That is false. It is very difficult when you're dealing with infertility to not start believing that there's something wrong with you, right? When I was dealing with infertility, I started to believe, well, why am I even here? Why am I even on this planet? I, you know, I had it in my head that, excuse me, that I was put on this earth to have children, but if I can't have children, then why was I put on this earth? And it became a very very difficult, upsetting problem that I needed to work through. I felt lost. I felt like I have no purpose in life. That is very often what happens with infertility. You start questioning, why am I here? And I just want to say, and this is just to anyone listening who may be dealing with infertility, Hearing this following sentence really helped me a lot when I was dealing with infertility. So I'm going to say it to you. I want you to hear it. I want you to say it to yourself. Look at yourself in the mirror and tell yourself, your ability to conceive does not define your worth. Period. That's just a fact. Your ability to conceive does not define your worth. Not everyone can conceive, and that doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with you or that you're less than or you're not worthy or anything like that. Okay, so I'm going to say it one more time. Your ability to conceive does not define your worth. So that's my list of infertility myths. I'm going to take a quick break, and then we're going to talk about fertility treatment myths and misconceptions. Okay, so now that we've broken down some myths or myths about infertility, let's talk for a few minutes about myths and misconceptions revolving around fertility treatments, right? So now you kind of understand a little bit about infertility. Let's talk fertility treatments. Okay, number one on my list. Fertility treatments are 100% effective. This is absolutely false. Fertility treatments have varying levels of success rates, right? And every RE, reproductive endocrinologist, also known as fertility specialist, or fertility clinic will have different success success rates for each treatment. So everywhere you look, their specific rates for that practice or clinic is going to be different from other places. There's a national average. I'm sure there's a global average. It's all very different. So 
that's important when you're looking at numbers. Always remember that statistics are just numbers, and while they're helpful for research purposes and gaining insight, they are not the end all and be all, okay? So while fertility treatments may have, I don't know, a 40% success rate in one practice and a 60% success rate at another, regardless, it's not 100%, okay? So you can go into it keeping in mind that just because you're having this particular treatment done doesn't mean it's going to work. I hate to sound negative because it very well may work. Again, I'd like to sort of pull from my own experience and tell you I went through 14, 14, that's one, four cycles of fertility treatments. I went through everything from IVF to IUI with and without medication. I did oral medication. I did injectables. I went through so much and none of them were successful except for the 14th cycle. I did not get pregnant on any cycle, right? Every single cycle I did resulted in negative pregnancy tests and negative pregnancy blood work tests, okay? So I am proof that fertility treatments are not 100% effective. However, even though I went through 14 cycles, and I'm here to tell you not one of them were a wonderful experience, they were worth it. They were worth it for me because on my 14th cycle, I conceived my children. And that's not to say that that's going to be the case for everyone. Some people conceive on their first fertility treatment cycle. Some people conceive on their 50th fertility treatment cycle. And some people never conceive from fertility treatments. Other people conceive naturally after a certain amount of fertility treatments. It is all a very personal experience. Everyone goes through different experiences with this. However, however, (laughs) there is not a hundred percent success rate with any of this. But if you look at it, there's no 100% success rate when you're talking about naturally conceiving, right? If that was the case, there wouldn't be such a thing as infertility. There wouldn't be fertility treatments and everybody would get pregnant on their first try but that is just not the case. That helps me when I look at the numbers and I see this is not 100% effective, but is anything 100% effective? No. So important to keep in mind. When I went through IVF, I went into it expecting I'm going to get pregnant. I mean, of course I'm going to. And IVF was on my, I think it was my eighth cycle. I don't remember. But I went into it expecting I'm totally going to get pregnant. I did not get pregnant. I was devastated and I felt completely heartbroken because even though I I knew that there wasn't 100% success rate, I wasn't reminded enough, which I don't blame on anyone really but myself, but I wasn't reminded enough that this might not work. I just went into it expecting it to work. So that's just something to to keep in mind. Second, fertility treatments are all invasive. Well, this is not true. IVF and IUI are both invasive treatments, though IVF is much more (laughs) invasive and time intensive. Other treatments, though, such as pharmacological intervention, like the use of Clomid or letrozole, are not invasive. So it all depends on the treatment. If you're going just the pharmacological or medication route, it won't be invasive. However, 
when you talk about, you know, the medications, you might have to get ultrasounds of your ovaries and that can be invasive. But to break it down, they're not all invasive. I thought fertility treatments were all invasive. I also thought that IVF was the only fertility treatment when I started my infertility journey. And obviously that is not true. So fertility treatments are not all invasive. It just depends on the treatment itself. Um, Fertility treatments always result in multiples. Multiples meaning twins, triplets, quadruplets, or higher order. Higher order multiples is anything above twins, right? So you've got singleton, which is one baby, twins, which is two babies, and higher order multiples, which is triplets, quadruplets, quintuplets, sextuplets, septuplets, octuplets, etc., etc. So this is false. And this is a complicated myth though, because there is a very clear correlation between fertility treatments and multiples. However, the rate of multiples in fertility treatments is not as high as you think, and there are a lot, a lot of factors that go into it. Statistically speaking, there are vastly different rates of multiples resulting from IVF published in different studies. So sometimes the number is as high as like 40% and other studies will show a number, I don't know, maybe 25% or even less. So the simple answer here is that while multiples can occur from fertility treatments and do occur, it is not always the case. I want to sort of break this down a little further for a minute and talk about the difference between identical twins and fraternal twins and why there's a higher rate in fertility treatments. So let's talk fraternal twins first. Fraternal twins result from the fertilization of two separate eggs and two separate sperm. Fraternal twins are the same as any other siblings, except that they grow in the uterus at the same time. So what happens is that more than one egg, so we're going to just, we're just talking twins right now. Two eggs are released. Both eggs are fertilized by two different sperm, resulting in two different babies. The reason why this is higher or or the risk is higher in fertility treatment is different depending on the fertility treatment. So let's talk something simple like Clomid. Okay, when you take Clomid, which is an oral medication specifically for for fertility treatment, it's a little complicated, the chemistry behind how it works, but essentially it has an effect on your brain and your it, it, it sort of triggers your, your brain to release the hormone to cause your body to ovulate. Ovulating means that you're releasing an egg, right? So you take your Clomid. When it comes time for your body to release an egg, you might end up releasing more than one egg because your body is inhibiting. Um, I can't remember off the top of my head what hormone it is, but your body is sort of overreacting and you may end up producing more than one egg. Same thing with letrozole, which is a different medication that has a completely different um, reaction with the body, but does the same essential um, action in making your body decide to ovulate. Now, if you talk about IUI, intrauterine um, insemination, this is taking the sperm that has been washed, as they call it, which means that they to, to really simplify this, they sort through the sperm and find the best sperm and they make it like super sperm. And then they go through a procedure where they inject it directly into your uterus. Okay. So the idea here is you got this super sperm 
it's being injected into the uterus instead of having to find its way it's going right to where it needs to go and the, the chance of multiples is higher because there's more sperm in this area than if they have to find their way the way they normally would okay i don't know if that makes sense um when you talk ivf it depends on how many embryos or blastocysts essentially blastocysts is the stage before it becomes an embryo depends on how many the, the doctor is implanting in the uterus so if they're going to implant one then your chance of twins does not exist because you're only implanting one baby or one blastocyst. However, if the doctor implants more than one, it doesn't mean that they're both going to implant and you're going to have twins or triplets or, or higher, but the chance is higher because you now have two blastocysts in your uterus that could implant. Again, it doesn't mean they're going to, because as we all know, if pregnant, if this was all 100%, none of this would even occur or need to be. But the point is, it all depends on the situation. It has to be the perfect environment, all of these things. So that is why you often hear that fertility treatments always result in multiples. Not true, though it can. I hope that all made some sense. <laughs> um, the last thing on my list here is that IVF is the only fertility treatment. Now, obviously, this is false, and you've heard me throughout this episode talking about IVF and IUI and Clomid and Letrozole and all these different things, injectables, what have you. But I just want to sort of round it all out by reminding you that there are so many different types of fertility treatments out there. The different things that I've mentioned, that's just a fraction of the, the treatments that are out there. There are a lot of different treatments IVF is just one of them. IVF is really the most invasive, though there are so many other, there's so many options when you talk about fertility treatments. So please keep that in mind. Um, I want to give you just a very, very quick partial list of fertility treatments. And most of these I've already talked about in this episode, but I'm just going to sort of review for you. We've got IVF, which is, <clears throat> excuse me, in vitro fertilization, IUI, which is intrauterine insemination. We've got pharmacological intervention, which is oral medications like Clomid and Letrozole. We've got suppositories like progesterone um, and estrogen. We've got injectables, which are, you know, medications that are injected into your body. This is just, again, part of of the list. There's a lot more. So hopefully this list here of um, fertility treatment myths and misconceptions was helpful for you. So I hope this episode was helpful for you. Um, I, I I really felt like when I started my infertility journey that I needed this list of myths to help me, um, and I didn't have that. So I hope this helps you to understand a little bit more about infertility and fertility treatments. Stay tuned for my next episode next Sunday when I talk about pregnancy myths, misconceptions, 
truths and everything in between. Have a wonderful week and I look forward to talking to you then.